This episode of the Police One Podcast is sponsored by Officer Store. Learn more about getting the gear you need at prices you can afford by visiting officerstore.com. Courtesy of Officer Store, listeners receive 10% off now through December 31st using the promo code POLICE1. That's police and the number one. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. I'm your host, Jim Dudley. Thanks for checking in and thanks for watching us on YouTube as well. You're going to want to today because uh, I'm talking about uh, a subject we don't talk about a lot on Policing Matters, and uh, you'll know why in a minute. But first, did you hear the one about the two peanuts walking down the alley? Well, one of them was assaulted. But I'm bumped. Get it? Well, <laughs> policing can create a range of emotions and feelings from fear, excitement, grief, anger, sadness, and so many others. Do we ever catch a break and just enjoy some levity, some laughter, and some side-busting camaraderie? I know we don't. Not, not a lot. But for sure, sometimes it's spontaneous and sometimes it can happen at odd moments like walking out of the scene of a mass murder. Still policing is serious business and wouldn't it be great to be entertained by someone who knows about comedy and police work? Well, our guest today is Vinnie Montez, a Colorado police officer for more than two decades. And uh, he also happens to be a successful stand-up comedian and uh, You'll catch some of his work on YouTube, and uh, when you're done with today's podcast, check out his link below in show notes. Hey, welcome to Policing Matters, Vinny Montez. Hey, thanks for having me, Jim. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I got to catch up and uh, see some of your YouTube videos. <laughs> Pretty hilarious. How did you happen to get into comedy? I know a lot of cops tell stories. They're funny inside police work, but uh, nobody's jumping up on stage and, and doing what you're doing. How'd you do it? Uh, well, I'll be straight up to the point. Uh, my mental health got extremely bad. Um, I had an incident that by itself wasn't the incident, I think, that caused the issues. It was just a career being a law enforcement explorer from the age of 14 up into being a 10-year um, deputy on the street. And all the things that you see, taste, smell, touch, hear, accumulate over time, you know? And I really had one identity. I was just that kid that always wanted to work, be there for the department and work, 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 and never really decompressed or thought about expressing how I felt about the calls that I went on. And I think the culture back then was not so much geared like it is today where you're okay to say what you're thinking and feeling without having so much uh, concern that your partners won't think you'll be there. And then in uh, 2008, I had an incident where a kid, young kid died, and it just was the tipping point for me. So um, I won't say I ever got to the point where I was suicidal. I don't think that was the case at all, but I was definitely in a dark space. And I needed to do something about my mental health and specifically just separate myself from just being that single identity as a police officer. So comedy was a way for me to really wedge that uh, anchor in there for me to separate the two and be able to do something outside of law enforcement that was positive and really rejuvenated me and gave me an outlet to deal with the things I was struggling with. Yeah. So from, from dark roots came this light comedy 
And I've watched you on to, to YouTube, uh, pretty funny stuff, but there's some cultural, some uh, heritage stuff, gender stuff, and even mom jokes. And surely in today's cancel culture and, and the climate that we're in, somebody's got to be offended. Uh, how do you react to that, either in a live stand-up show or, or later comments on your, your website? You know, I know that there's people that are always going to be, uh, for lack of a better word, haters, people that don't really appreciate the law enforcement field. They're always going to have something to say. But one of the things I keenly remind them of, if you know, if if ever pushed in that situation, you know, I've thought about it really long and hard. You know, stand-up comedy is an art form. We live in the United States of America. And one of the things as a police officer that people constantly remind us of in law enforcement is we're required to uphold the Bill of Rights people's fourth amendment, their first amendment, because they do have those rights. And when I'm not being Vinnie Montez, the on-duty um, law enforcement officer, I'm Vinnie Montez, the citizen of the United States. And I'm still uh, protected by those things, specifically the fourth amendment, the first amendment, just like they are. And comedy is an art form. It is a, it is truly an art form that is protected by our constitution. And, you know, I have to be sensitive. Like, I'm never going to be like a super vulgar comedian. I'm not going to be a very super dirty comedian. That's just not how I write. I, I write with innuendo. I do call, talk about the cultural things, but I talk about my culture, where I come from. And I hope my mom certainly doesn't hold, hold any of the grudges against me. She's super sweet. She's been to a lot of my shows. As a matter of fact, one time she was at a show that I didn't know at, she was at, and I heard her. Uh, making commentary in the in the audience and i was like oh man i, I don't know if this is gonna go so well because i tend to go a little lighter when she's there um so yeah people say stuff uh, i think more online comments um not only when i do the comedy but i put a video um out right after george floyd called uh you don't know me and that was just talking about uh not attacking anybody but simply just talking about the law enforcement perspective as far as like there are hundreds of thousands of millions of us out there doing the job day to day. We're not hurting anybody, but every time we have a small fraction of that representation of law enforcement do something wrong, you know, that gets very exploited and sensationalized. So um, those people, you know, ACAB and all that have commented on different things in my videos and, and that's fine. I really, I have one thing. If you go back and look at the comments, I tell them anytime somebody's super negative, like uh, I just say, I wish you the best health and, uh, I go the complete opposite. I kill them with kindness. And, uh, you know, that's just the way we deal with people on the street, right? Nothing's good's going to come about some young kid coming out of a drunk bar in the middle of the night and screaming at us. There's nothing. If we go have a conversation with him over that, we let our feelings get hurt. Nothing good is going to come from that contact. So you, I just keep that in mind with doing my comedy. I've, people really can't say anything that's going to hurt my feelings compared to having what's been said to me in my career live. So uh, out in the field. So it just, you know, it rolls off the, it rolls off my back and I just, I really honestly don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, having said that, uh, surely uh, <clears throat> you, you've experienced some comments that, that tell you that there's some taboo uh, subject matter out there that you probably shouldn't wade into. Yeah, I think, I think there is. And I really don't feel like I go into those areas, especially like, um, you know, sexual uh, vulgarity or things like that. It just, I don't think it's representative in any way, shape or form of just my brand, but also I still have to keep in mind, I'm still fully employed and I just don't want to represent the agency that way. The agency has put a lot of trust in me um, that I'm always going to, you know, do things within, you know, certain levels of tact of uh, the one thing where I've really 
I think gone closest to that line is not something that's so uh, bad or cancel culture, but it's so true and dark. And that bit is called dark humor. Um, and that talks about a young man taking his life and me and another detective on scene having this interaction out of public view. But we talk about, uh, you know, the guy taking his life and uh, he ends up becoming decapitated. And the other detective I'm there with takes his license, puts his thumb over the photograph, holds it up and is like, do you think this is our guy right here? And anybody in law enforcement goes man this guy's really been he's done this job because that dark humor is what helps us cope on scene sometimes of course never in the public eye but a way for us to like really ground us from the things that we're dealing with in front of us which are very very um sad and sometimes just very um uh, surreal I, I mean i'm sure you've heard cops talk about being on scene and you're just like i can't believe what i'm seeing right now I think that's really difficult and I've really struggled with those things, you know? And so I was like, how do I make that funnier? Um, and then the punchline after that is like, you know, I look at him and I go, I don't know that I agree. <laughs> like, why bro? What do you mean? I'm like, well, the license says he has green eyes to me. To me, it's clear. He has blue eyes, one blue that way and one blue the other way. And when I hit that punchline, uh, the cops, especially in the room, and I really save this for the corporate things where I do with cops, although I've recorded this and it's out there. It doesn't just apply where it resonates is not just with cops. It resonates with nurses and doctors and EMS firefighters, everybody who's been in this huge field industry of EMS um, support, first responders, they all understand that. And so I really feel good that when I can let them release, because when you laugh, it's really, truly, it, it triggers endorphins. It makes you feel better. And um, quite frankly, there's a lot of people that are struggling, you know, most officers, uh, or I should say most, a lot of officers, law enforcement, firefighters, you know, people struggling with the emotions of what they have had to deal with. And a lot of them, I don't think have reached the point where I have where they're like, okay, talking. So if I can encourage any of them to really open that dialogue with a counselor or even seek um, some help if they're dealing with, you know, struggles for suicide, we lose more than three times the amount of officers every year to suicide than we do to line of duty deaths for law enforcement. I think that's significant. So if I can advocate in some way, and I'll be honest with you, Jim, I'm not completely healed. I'm a constant battle of having to go retouch up with our uh, counselors. Uh, my better half is constantly like when I get a little neurosed out, she'll be like, you know, I think it's time for you to go talk to Tiffany. And it's just a, I've set myself up, but I'm no longer ashamed of that. I'm totally cool with people. Um, you know, speaking about my issues, I'm open that with them on podcasts and wherever I perform. And I always encourage people, hey, look, I'm still standing here and I've made it to a pretty high level in my agency. I'm pretty proud of that. And I think that if I can advocate to help just one person and that happens, then I've really accomplished my mission. Yeah, for sure. All of that. Uh, the PTSD is so prevalent <clears throat> in the profession and you know, the studies that say human mind is not built to withstand so much repetitive trauma, you know, personally, first person and even vicarious uh, trauma when you're interviewing. Oh, sure. And then, uh, I mean, you know, you heard my intro joking about it, walking out of a murder scene. But I mean, honestly, I think if we can't, you know, trigger some sort of mechanism to take us away from the reality of the situation, that's when it does result in, you know, this bottled up emotion and, and then the PTSD that we see down the road. Uh, there's gotta be some outlet where we can 
express it, but certainly you're you're talking about uh, you know being seen in public, laughing in those situations, which to the outside are totally inappropriate, but mm -hmm. to, to people on scene, they they totally understand it. Right, right, and you know you're not trying to be outwardly offensive to anybody, but when you have that private moment with your colleagues behind the scenes, you know, or you're just or after the you know even after the call, you're you're cutting up about something that was a very dark scene. Um, it's just a way to decompress it. Honestly, you know, <clears throat> it doesn't matter what you do to decompress, whether it's comedy for me or maybe die. Truly what you're doing is they're debriefing that call. It may be a dark sense of humor debrief, but that has to happen. And what I think is really uh, awesome, at least in the organization that I work for now and in law enforcement, I've seen more of a movement where they realize that, Hey, we really got to deal with these mental health things that are coming up for our people. Um, it doesn't matter if you're dealing with that with that debrief or dark humor, but doing something outside of work when you get home. Dr. Kevin Gilmartin wrote a book, Emotional Survival for Law Enforcement. And I talk about that all the time because, you know, when cops get off, they go down in the valley, is the way I describe it, where, you know, every action has an opposite and equal reaction. And we, we deal with these heightened situations, and then all of a sudden we get home, and I'm guilty of this, and even to this day, I don't want to, hey – what do you want to have for dinner? I don't care. Hey, where do you want to go do something? No, I just rather chill. You know, getting back on the horse for a lack of better words, getting, you know, going out for a walk, going and playing basketball, whatever it is that excites you, that keeps you going just to push through to get back up to that middle ground of where we normally are that homeostasis level. It's super important. So I always tell people, you know, whatever you used to do, because that's what Dr. Miguel Martin says, don't become that person that used to go uh, do time with their kids or used to go play basketball. Make sure you're doing that. For me, comedy, like when I get on stage, it's I'm lighting people up and in that uh, sense of um, reward and self-fulfillment that I get from people laughing and just having that great time. Plus, especially makes me feel good when it's for law enforcement, because sometimes we're so darn serious that we never take time to just let go because we're focused on the call. We got to make sure those T's are crossed and those I's are dotted because if they're not, then the public's going to think we're doing wrong. And, you know, there's a lot of stress out there, especially for the young men and women coming in today with a level of scrutiny and oversight that's going on, man, you really have to take your hat off to these people that are coming in to take over. Cause it wasn't like it that way for me and not that we did anything wrong, but geez, certainly just a different world of law enforcement in 2023. Yeah, for sure. And you alluded to it a little bit about the support that you get from your agency. And I know a lot of cops, some of them on social media, they've been reprimanded by their agency for something that was determined to be inappropriate. But it sounds like you're getting pretty good backing from your agency. Yeah, like I said, I really don't put anything out there that, you know, is going to make the agency look bad, certainly not in uniform or anything like that. Anything that I have put out there in uniform is done in the best light of the agency. Um, it's not hard for people to figure out where I work. Uh, you can Google me online. Three seconds, find out. Um, I've had people reach out, though, both positively and uh, sometimes maybe have a question about what I'm doing. But I really haven't experienced uh, anything in a negative light. And I think that's important because I've been given an opportunity to uh, humanize the badge. And I've been part of a group called Humanize the Badge. Uh, I think it's important that people understand we're human, just like everybody else, and that we, you know, we're 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 not perfect. We make mistakes. We certainly don't always um, uh, have the ability to be perfect. It's just never going to happen. So, I think it's a great opportunity for them to see the behind the scenes. Hey, this guy is not just a cop. He's a stand-up comedian who has an artistic value, who has an ability to make people laugh. 
he's not just this robotic person. And I think where, you know, I think maybe you'll agree with this. I think a lot of people think all law enforcement, like we have secret meetings across the country that we're all like tied in together when truly we're all independent agencies. Um, the cultures and the agencies are very different. And, but overall law enforcement is just trying to uphold their end and make sure people are safe and do it. Mind you do it with the staffing today in 2023 that, Everybody's short. We're short staff. We're running a lot of calls. So for them to be able to see that inside view to a person that's doing the job, I think it's really good. And um, I think it gives people an opportunity to go, man, this guy's just human like the rest of us. So hopefully if I can lend that uh, experience to people to show them that, hey, we're just normal like everybody else. We have weird thoughts. We, we, we have relationship issues. We have financial issues. You know, some of us who have kids, they're I don't have kids, but the officers, you know, they got to get the kids to daycare and, you know, the kids spilled the paint in the middle of the house, whatever those normal things are that occur for every other person out there. Law enforcement is not immune to those uh, things going on behind the scenes. Yeah, for sure. And and we often poke <clears throat> fun at each other, right? And yeah. and you talk about the disparity across the, the police departments across the nation, but coming together at a conference or a training or something like that. I always find that, and and I wonder how it is for you on stage, that cops are kind of like, you know, show me, right? <clears throat> like prove it. And there's that initial suspicion. And uh, you of know, course. I'll, I'll do a training and I think I am hilarious at some of these trainings. And you look out in the audience and there's not a smile among, you know, 30, 50 people out there. But, you know, once you get going and once they find out, you know, who you are, they really start to loosen up. And you you wish you could break that ice. Have you found a way to do that? You've only oh, yeah, got I go what, right. 15 minutes or so. Well, I mean, usually, typically when I perform for a corporate event, it's anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour. Typically, it's right in an hour. Um, <clears throat> straight stand-up comedy, just go right for the jugular. Uh, I, I equate when I first... Uh, encounter an audience uh, where I'm performing, especially if it's a law enforcement audience, is it's like being in briefing. You know, all the cool kids sit in the back, you know, this veteran officer's arms crossed, you know, just like, what's going to happen? You know, I'm, I'm here. I don't want to be here, but I'm here. And they, they they go through that little mode and you're right. And then you have all the newer officers who get there late to the training. So they all have to sit up front <clears throat> and I go right at them, but I go, I go at them with something um, that, introduces them to who I am. So, you know, uh, I'm Vinny Montez, uh, you know, and I, I usually go right into something about my mom or just my culture just to see the test, the temperature of the water, but I also go right at them because something that everybody else wouldn't understand unless they've been to a law enforcement training. I'm like, Hey, how about that per diem? It's the first night, right? Let's say it's the first night of the conference. I'm like, that's gone. Huh? Last night you guys thought per diem, that's going to last me the whole week. First night done, gone. Everybody laughs at that because cops don't get bonuses, right? They get a little bit of per diem, $40 a day times four days. So they got like 160 bucks and they're like, oh yeah, I got money for the week, right? Of course, the first night after the training's over, per diem is gone out the window. And then mama's calling them. Hey, I saw you take, you know, a couple hundred bucks out on the ATM. What's going on? We all know that because we don't have expense accounts as cops. So anytime they give us a little extra money, we get excited. That right there levels the playing field with them. And they're like, okay, this guy truly is one of us because he knows how it goes. Um, so I think establishing credibility and relatability, it's no different, honestly, than the experience that I've had to do over the years with interview and interrogation with people, or, um, you know, you're, you're on a scene and you're trying to relate to the victim who's had a horrendous thing happen to him. 
building that rapport where we establish commonality between them and us, which is super important in order to build trust. Because once I have earned that trust, whether it's with a suspect or a victim, they're more apt to be more open and honest with me. So I think my job as a comedian is really important to relate right away. And then let's start getting into the nitty gritty and doing the comedy. And I, I tell you right now, cops, by the, you explain this, people are, you know, you know, they just don't smile or crack a smile. And I've had a whole room sitting there with their arms crossed going, okay, funny man, let's see how this is going to turn out. And as soon as I start relating to them, by the end, the hardest core dudes, you know, and that's who I go after. I'll see them. And I'm like, all right, dude, let's see what the, you still haven't cracked a smile. I haven't talked to them and call them out. And uh, I'll just, it, when I get to the dark humor joke, if I haven't got them by that point, when I get to dark humor, that's usually the one that just finally like a large sledgehammer cracks them upside the head. And they're like, okay, I give, I give. <laughs> Yeah, those are the ones you're going to have to, you know, change and, and get out there. And I guess if you get if you get them to smile and laugh, the the rest of the room will go with them. Those the oh, absolutely. Friends. And you know that's the thing is when everybody's laughing and have a good time, it's harder for them to be in that, um, in that room and not start to feel that energy. You know, <laughs> some people just need permission, and I tell them like when I talk about my mom and being from a traditional Mexican family or what have you. Sometimes I have to give the audience, it'll be a large white audience. I'll be like, all right, white people, I'll literally say this, loosen up. It's okay to laugh. We're having a good time because they're, <clears throat> you asked me about taboo. They're afraid to laugh at me poking fun of my own culture because they're like, in the world we live in, is that okay to laugh at that? And I'm like, hey man, it's all right. Let it out. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna be okay. So I literally have to give them permission sometimes to laugh because they're like, I don't know if I can laugh at this. And I'll be like, where's my Latinos at in here? And I'll be like, what are they? And I'll be like, all right, watch him. As long as he's good, then you know you're good. And they're just, you know, it's weird. And it's not just the people that are in law enforcement groups I perform for. That's anywhere. People just sometimes need permission to let it out. Yeah. And, and so in, in that vein, are you also submitting some sort of subliminal message to citizens? Are you... Are you reaching out to them and saying, look, this is what we do. And sometimes it's not funny, but sometimes you got to laugh. Yeah, I don't think it's subliminal at all. I, I'm right direct to the point. I tell people. <clears throat> so let's say I do dark humor in a non-law enforcement or a uh, first responder event. I tell people, you know, I'd like to take you into my world for just a little bit. Now, I can't do this for everybody, but I'm going to bring you inside. Y'all think you can handle it? And I do that joke and you would be surprised. Because in some way, shape, or form, it doesn't matter whether you're a first responder or anybody else just working your normal life and not in that field, you've experienced tragedy in your life. You've experienced things that haven't gone right and have been really, really dark. And to see people look at me and say, man, this guy is taking such a dark moment. When I do the punchlines to that, it is so hard not to laugh because you understand what I'm describing, and it may be the imagery and the visualization for you may be different because it's very, very different for everybody. But then they say, man, here's a guy who's dealing with a very difficult scene, and he's able yet to take that and process it and turn it into comedy and a mechanism for people to understand where he's coming from, but in a way that's not like me just trying to lecture to somebody. And in the midst of that, I'm also talking on which I touch about right before I go into this joke is not being afraid to talk about your mental health issues. And if you're struggling to reach out. So I'm delivering that subliminal message, trying to encourage people to take care of themselves, but nobody likes to be preached to, you know, hey, I'm, I'm good, you know, but I can, 
say, hey, here's my experience and the struggles that I've been through. And here's a coping mechanism that I found to uh, help me. And here's the funny part about that. And then they're on my side. And so, uh, yeah, if I had to go a little bit, you know, not right down the line necessarily every time, but come in from the sides and then catch them off guard, man, I'll do it every time because it just really builds that rapport. And quite frankly, I think people, no matter who they are, they're dealing with tragedy and struggles. They need to open up and let it out sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Chappelle, one of my favorite comedians, he, man, there are no restrictions on his comedy. Right. And sometimes he says something and there's that, there's that, that, uh, strip of truth within this comedy and you're laughing but you're also thinking wow he's right about that that's true and i think sometimes in policing we don't explain enough to the public what goes on behind the scenes and sometimes mm -hmm. i think when you say that they might think it's funny but then they wonder wow is that really what happens right well you know i started working in jail my first three years of the 25 that i've been doing this i worked inside the jail and I think one of the things I was astounded by is everybody, cops are always like, you know, I don't want to talk about my personal life. And, you know, there's a wall there. And it's not like you want to go out and talk with the suspects we're dealing with about your personal life. But if you really sat back for a second and said, am I truly anonymous? We're not. All right. It's not hard to track down where a cop lives. It's not hard to track down. So we put up all these barriers as police officers, I think, sometimes where we are trying to psychologically insulate us thinking we're, you know, super safe all the time. And we try to be an officer safety is paramount, but you know, you gotta let those walls down a little bit because when you don't let the walls down, you're not able to truly see what's around you because you built yourself into a silo. And um, I am so guilty of that when I first started out because I, you know, people would be like, Hey, what do you do outside of here? You know, let's not focus on that. We're talking, you know, I was that total cop mentality. <clears throat> What I've learned is, you know, some of the people that I used to see in jail or interact with in jail, I've seen them on the outs and I'm very, hey, how's it going, Montez? Well, you know, hey, how's it going? That interaction, as long as I was good and respectful with them, they're they're fine. You know, 95% of the people, 98% of the people we deal with in jail, they're dealing with the struggle part of their life. Doesn't mean all of them are bad people. And, you know, there's truly that small percentage that we all know that, well, they're not out there for any good but to hurt people. But the majority is not. And having that ability to just step back and break those barriers down because it's not only with the community, we tend to wall ourselves off inside of our agencies, you know, Oh, here's a good example. The detectives, man, they don't ever want to come out. And then the, you're in detectives working detectives. Cause I've done both. And they're like, man, patrol couldn't do this last night. I don't understand what's going on. Nobody's ever happy with anything in the agency, depending on the lens you're looking through. Right. So I, I just think that we need to take down some of those walls, try to be a little bit more accepting and in comedy, uh, I'm really trying to break through those walls for people just to let them see, hey, man, the men and women that are serving this country right now, whether a firefighter, first responder, law enforcement, jail corrections, man, everybody's just trying to do their piece to keep everybody safe. And just a little bit of grace would be certainly welcome in a very complex job in 2023. Yeah, for sure. Hey, I want to talk about the benefits and some of the pitfalls of humor on the job and off. But first, I'd like to take a moment and let's thank our sponsor. Officer Store, equipping protectors with passion. That's how we operate and it's how we live. We understand that having the right gear can mean the difference between life and death. Our goal is to get you the gear you need when you need it at prices you can afford. Visit us at officerstore.com.
And we're back, and I'm speaking with Vinny Montez, police officer and comedian. And, you know, uh, Vinny, I've been asked to speak uh, before different groups, and I try to add a little humor. I think, uh, you know, at school, when I'm teaching at uh, at the college that I teach, uh, I call it uh, edutainment, right? Where we're doing education, but we're also entertaining uh, these young people. Yeah. And I've been asked to speak before to other groups uh, of students. And I mentioned that, you know, the job was hard and there were some really rough moments, but there's also fun and there's, you know, some comedy involved. And uh, a student said, well, what, what was the most funniest thing that ever happened to you or, or the funniest situation? And I started to describe the situation where this guy came into the station with duct tape on his wrists and on his head. And said he had been kidnapped and we ran, you know, was right around the corner from the station. We ran to his house, go up to his place and asked him to describe the the kidnappers and, and uh, he described them all their clothing. I said, what about, what about their faces, what their faces look like? And he said, uh, well, that's the weird thing. Neither one of them had a head. And then I looked at my partner like, oh man, the joke's on us, right? Like, clearly this guy is whacked out and then we yeah. found we searched around his room and found all these bags of weed and mushrooms and things that he had been just gobbling up because he brought them from overseas and we all at the station thought that was like hilarious but yeah. like the the students were on zoom <laughs> and one of them said oh that's really sad and then it struck me oh i guess from the outside looking in that is kind of sad have yeah. you ever run across those where you think something's really funny or do you bulletproof your your um <clears throat> your your uh, routines you, do you run them out before some people sworn and non-sworn to see what's going to be funny and what's not oh any comedian <clears throat> so i don't care who you are Vinny montez dave Chappelle, you're running that material before you ever really put it into a major show and what I mean by that, well, that, that's true in some ways. And I guess it's true or not. Like, I am always running something new. Like, let's say I'm going to do an hour for whatever group it's going to be. There are just going to be sprinkled in some newer bits in there, just vetting those to see what the reaction is. Because our goal is to keep the feather in the air. Not every joke has to be 100% the stellar joke of the world. But you're always adding new information. And even older jokes, you're refining them. Um, <clears throat> I can't really think of a situation where... Um, where that necessarily happened in the show, I, I really equate probably the closest thing to reality is either 420 to Kill Me Elmo, where it's working a 420 event. And I was like, there's no way I'm not getting high out here because of all the smoke, right? Because we're working the security on it. And I ended up turning that thing in where I, I say, you know, as a result of that, I turned into Mexican Tickle Me Elmo. And I always gets a huge laugh and I do these act outs and people are just like dying, right? And, but really, if you thought about it, like, this cop who is working this event, he was really truly high. That would be a bad situation, right? right. Um, but in that one, and then of course the bear joke, uh, that, which is probably the funniest thing. That that is a true story. I mean, there's the punchlines are added to it, but uh, me and my buddy Sam, we responded to a bear call, and we went through this lady's basement, and we locked ourselves in the house inadvertently with this bear, and we thought the bear was still there. And my buddy's like just walking up the stairs, like here, bear, 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 and. I'm sitting here going, is he really doing this? Like, should we not be a little bit more <clears throat> professional? Like, hey, Bear, are you here? Like, is there so? Hey, Bear. 
like something like that more, but he is literally playing this out. Here, bear, bear, bear. And I'm like, Sam, really, bro? And luckily the bear was no longer in the house because I was like, man, what if we would have trapped it or cornered it? Uh, I were nothing against the bear. If you've ever seen a bear, they can rip a garage door open. It's it's just crazy. But those things that happen uh, in the field and then uh, translating that to the world of comedy, I think that and then something happening spontaneously during a show where everybody is now in it. So, you know, they always say it's an inside joke. Well, there's inside jokes that happen inside of shows. So, for example, um, there's this lady one time who she absolutely lost her mind. She was having so much fun, but her cadence, the laughter was offbeat of everybody else. So I would say the punchline, everybody in the room would laugh. And then she'd like either be just a little bit um, delayed or she was laughing so hard that once everybody settled down, you'd hear a, out of nowhere, right? As I'm about to go into, ah, ah, ah. and so every single time. So I would pause and I'd look at her. And when I did that, of course, everybody else in the room laughs and they wait for the let So now you can play with that for a little while. So everybody, I'm like, can I continue? And then that would spur her up again. She'd be like, ah, 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 ah. so everybody's laughing again. And this went on for like four or five minutes. That spontaneity, that true, genuine laughter. And she was having a great time. Or there's like one of the most beautiful girls sitting up front. And she's got the snarkiest, snor- like she'll snort. I've had this beautiful lady sitting right up front and she'll go to laugh and everybody's dying down. And she'll look like, and like, everybody's like, what was that? And I'm like, was that you? And it just, it's just such a beautiful moment that wasn't planned and spontaneous and everybody's just laughing. And you know that too, right? Somebody makes a, in, in briefing or they're out on a call and they say something dumb or they do something like quirky and everybody's like, what? And now everybody's laughing to you, right? Crash your car as a cop. You know, that people just show up. The other people don't realize cops are so hard on each other. The last thing you want to do is crash your car because everybody's going to come see. And they're like, man, you really stacked it up. Wow. What did the Sarge say? What's going on? And then the thing that they all hope is that they're not the next one to stack it up because you're going to be right there being like, hey, man, this is worse than the one I had. What happened? You were talking a lot of smack last week. Yeah, or they earn a nickname that forever follows them through their career. Oh, amen to that, brother. Amen to that. So cops are funny, and I'm sure everyone you've worked with has some story that they think is going to translate into part of your show. You got to have heard some doozy stories. Uh, What's the best you've heard so far? Oh, man, I don't know if I could recount one, but they're always like people come up and tell me about their dark humor experience. You know, somebody that died and the way they died, uh, you know, they were joking about it with uh, their colleague. And again, you know, to people watching this, it's not that we're joking about the death scene or that the person has passed away in whatever manner. It's simply that we're we're joking about, you know, what comes to mind to just process this. And I, I really can't think of any one specifically topic because it all runs together. It's like asking me, you know, what type of taco I had a couple of weeks ago. I, I couldn't tell you. I just know that I had tacos. Um, but the one commonality is that people just want to share that experience. And the fact that they feel comfortable enough to come up to me after a show, they've acknowledged, okay, he's just like me. Vinny's just like me because he's telling these stories. So let me tell him one so that he knows and validates I want him to know that I've truly been there where he's been. And they share those stories. And I'll tell you what, I listen to every single one of them. And I give them my undivided attention because that right there in that moment is therapy in some way, shape, or form. They're able to, they're they're expressing what they were dealing with in that struggle. And, uh, you know, 
you really got to just be accepting of it. And sometimes the stories are like not very funny at all. And you're like, Oh man, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And you don't want to be a jerk or anything like that, but you're just like, Oh, okay. Okay. It's, it's like, they're trying to express that what they're thinking in their head, but they can't create that imagery that I've done on the stage. And it makes sense to them, but it, you know, it doesn't come out that way. And I just want to say, don't, don't stop doing that. If you're doing, it. I'm not making funny. I'm just saying, being honest, like some of these people that have expressed these things aren't funny. But, um, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, should I do stand-up comedy? I'm like, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of work for all of us. Go out there and get on stage. And then people are like, well, how do you do it? Well, just like anything else, when you first started shooting your firearms, you know, we had to go over all the nomenclature and we had to figure it out and then just go do it. The only way you get good at anything is by doing it. And I've been doing comedy for like 15 years now. i just been persistent. I'm not the greatest comic out there, but I'm one of the hardest working people that you'll ever see. Yeah. And, you know, like magicians never reveal their secrets. Right. Uh, I, I got to ask you and I, and I want to wrap it up with sure your biggest hit. What resonates with most of your cop audience? What's the one that I mean, if things aren't going well, you drop this bomb on them. Uh, well, I think dark humor. But if I can't do that bit, because sometimes dark humor is not appropriate for the corporate event that I'm doing just because of the level of darkness that's there. Um, but I will probably say that um, the bit about the ice cream cone or probably uh, anything to do with cops. Like if it's a cop audience describing the types of cops that exist within every organization. So the biggest one and my favorite one to do is like, uh, you know, when you're a cop, uh, every organization has them. They got the old veteran cops, the rods, you know, the ones that are like, yeah, I, you know, I, don't ask me. I'll, I'll, I'm here to do what I'm supposed to do, but don't ask me. You have every cop that, uh, you know, those ones that say, you know, like uh, they can be getting a race. Like you're getting a race. Oh, I don't care. That's not enough for me. They're always negative about everything. But then you have the younger cops that come out of the academy. They're excited. They're coming. I call them coming out of the rapper. They're all shiny and new. And, you know, they're excited. Somebody's drinking underage and they take off running. They're like, oh, yeah, baby, we're going to get them. And they're running after these people. And then I go back and I look at me where I'm in my career 20, 25 years on. You got to weigh the risk versus the reward. I could blow out a knee if I run after one of these kids. Let me just tell you, if you ever see me running after somebody, hit that son of a bitch with your car. That's a homicide suspect. <laughs> Boom. Everybody is always laughing because they're like, he's only going to run after this. And I'm calling ambulance, too, while you're at it because – I'm going to be out of breath and I'll be getting there and people are like, what's wrong with Vinny? That guy ran a block. So I always take that, the inspector gadget cop, the cops that are not paying attention very well in that law enforcement group. What I'm doing is what I told you earlier, Jim, is I'm just relating to them. I'm taking them to a place where all, every single person can imagine that cop that I'm speaking about. And I'm poking fun at us. And here's the cool thing. The people on the outside who are watching me talk smack to my own brethren within the within the or organization or even within uh, comedy itself, they're like, man, these guys don't take themselves too seriously because they here's a cop up there poking fun at his own industry, his own group, himself. Boy, I hope that really resonates to just show people we're just like everybody else. Yeah, for sure. And I, I could think of all the car stops I've done, and if if. You know, the license and registration, sir or ma'am, you know, that's that was I, everything I said at the window. And if they came back with something that made me laugh, I don't care what they did. They're probably not going to get a ticket. So what you're doing is beneficial to 
everybody who goes to your shows, everybody who watches your videos, it it's a good thing that you're doing for cops out there with the light lightheartedness of what the job's about. And, and I want to thank you for that. And thanks for being on the show today. Well, I appreciate it. You just made me think of something that I haven't run this bit yet, but it's coming. Um, and this one's for you because you just said, you know, you pull people over and you ask them for registration insurance. Look, if I pull one more person over who has the registration insurance for the last two decades in their glove box, have you ever sat there at the side of the road and they're like, 2003, 2004, and they just, I'm like, all right, look, here's the deal. You take all those registration insurance that are expired, throw them out the window. I don't know. What are you holding them for? Are you going to need them for kindling or something? Do you have to start a fire on the side of the road? Just leave what's it. I won't give you a ticket because I've stood there for 20 minutes while I've got this little old lady who's like, 2003, that's not the right one, is it? 2004, what are we at? 2023, hold on a second. And I'm like, and you can't be rude. And I'm like, I can just skip to the back lady, but she can't do it. 2005, 2006. I'm just sitting there going, I, I seriously probably need to break myself for an emergency, imaginary emergency. But uh, those are the things that we see, right? It's just crazy. Yeah. And it reminds me, I mean, visualizes the license plate with all the your tab stickers dotting uh, all the way around the, the perimeter of the license plate. People don't know what to do with those. They don't know what to do with it. So they just start stacking them up or they stack them all on top of each other. They got 15 years of of stickers and then all of a sudden it falls off or somebody comes and scrapes it off to go use it on another car and they're like it's not on there really i'm not re- i didn't know it's not on there huh weird or the young i gotta say the youngest kids well my this is a 25 year old it's my mom my mom's the one that takes care of this car how old are you again let's call my mom no let's not call your mom you're over 18 this is all about you there pal right oh it's just a different world right yeah, Vinny, thanks so much. Stay safe and keep people laughing. It's good for all of us. Appreciate you today. Thank you so much for having me. I wish you all the best. And check me out on all my uh, website and all my social media. Everything is just my name, Vinny, V-I-N-N-I-E Montez at VinnyMontez.com. You know, Snap, Twitter, Google, Gram, whatever social media platform you like, I'm there. Thanks again, Jim, for having me on. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, and we've got your link, VinnyMontezComedy.com. And uh, to our listeners, hey, let me know what you think about today's show. Let me know what uh, what interests you, who you want to hear from. And hey, thanks for what you do and be safe out there. We will talk to you again real soon. Take good care. <laughs>